Welcome, everybody, to the show. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari show. We are uh, live. Yes, we are. Man, I, I don't like that picture. Is that, is that better? Yeah, it's better. All right, we are live. Oh, well, God, so much to get to today. I mean, it really is. I, where, where to begin? That's the question. Where to begin? The Trump press conference. I know, I know, I know. We got to get to that. I've been doing a bunch of catching up because I had a uh, baby doctor appointment today. So I missed the Trump press conference. Well, I, I, I didn't miss it. I got caught up on it and watched it and took notes. But I didn't get to watch it as it happened. Okay? I didn't get to watch it as it unfolded. I didn't get to see and listen to the meltdown by the media over the press conference. So I got the reports after it happened. Now... I know I am talking from the right. I have been critical in the past. I'm not just a blind follower. All right? I'm not just a blind Trump can do no wrong, yada, yada, yada. Listen, during the primaries, When Trump was doing the whole Ben Carson bit and he was undoing his belt buckle and pretending he's stabbing himself, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. (laughs) You were a little unhinged there. When he was doing the Marco Rubio imitation and he was doing the water and sprinkling the water up in the air, I was like, oh, no, okay, (laughs) this isn't good. You know, I was like, oh, man, you, you, you look a little, a little unhinged. So I'm not just a blind follower. When Trump messes up, I'm there to admit, hey, he messed up. So today, I'm in the baby uh, doctor's office. I had to take my kid there, which is very painful. It's very painful to watch your newborn you know, get, get, get poked with shots and just get just all that stuff. And they, and they cry and there's nothing you could do because you don't want to grab them from the doctor and be like, give me my baby. You're, you're, you know, you're <laughs> stop, stop putting your fingers on his spine. Stop moving his feet to make sure he's not a crippled kid. You know, you, you don't do that, but you still feel that pain inside watching your child cry. So while I'm in the waiting room, okay, I'm looking on Twitter, and it's like headline after headline. Trump is unhinged. Trump has a chaotic press conference. Trump, I'm like, Ming, what did he do? Was he doing the, the Marco Rubio spit water, throw it in the air? Is he doing the Ben Carson? Let me pretend I'm stabbing myself in the belt buckle. 
Nancy talking about, hey, I want to knock that person out. <laughs> like, what is going on? So now I get back home. Remember, in the car, and I shouldn't have been doing this, but in the car, I'm driving. And every time we're at a stoplight, I'm looking at the headlines on my phone. Now, I wasn't doing it when I was driving. Stop. Don't get crazy. Think I'm irresponsible putting my child in danger. We were at a red light. And I would look. Okay, I didn't I, I, I didn't I didn't go inside a store and leave my kid in the hot car. I wasn't texting underage girls. All right, so calm the F down. So I finally get home and now I'm you know finding the press cut because I don't want to see clips. Okay? I don't I don't want to see clips because that's what the fake news does. That's what the fake news does. They play clips. So they cut off the beginning. They, they, they cut off the end. And they'll just play a, a snippet with the headline, Trump says, I don't have to tell you anything. And you're like, oh, man, what's going on? So I look for the press conference you know I, I, I got it on the old YouTube I push it push the button so now I'm sitting there going okay where, where's the unhinged part because right now he's basically reading from a script he's talking about things that they're doing things that they've done you know reminding people why they voted for Trump. I mean, that's what Trump was doing. After being pounded, and I mean pounded, by places like CNN, very fake news, he got to speak to the people and go, hey guys, just remember, this is why you voted for me. So now it's the 10-minute mark, the 15-minute mark. And again, I'm going, where's this unhinged press conference? Where is this chaotic press conference? Where's this press conference that that little scumbag Joe Scarborough is tweeting? Oh, talk to people on the Hill today. They are very, very concerned. Again. I'm thinking, is Trump pretending he's stabbing himself like he did with Carson? Maybe he's grabbing himself. Maybe he's talking about his, his junk again. I mean, when he did that in the debate, I went, oh, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop. I, I, I got the joke. I thought it was funny. But all the tight asses aren't going to think that's funny. They're going to go, why would you joke about your penis during a debate? You know, the whole outrage. Oh, let me clutch my pearls outrage. So that's what I was thinking. Now we're at the 20-minute mark. I'm like, man, where's the outrageousness? Where's the craziness? 
Because remember, the media's been, been clamoring for this. This is how they get famous. When Trump gets into a clash with Acosta or April Ryan or Katie Turd, that's money. These people become famous. They're no longer the booger eaters and fart sniffers that they were in high school. The losers that never got invited to any cool parties or got asked to go to the prom or the winter formal. So when they don't get to ask questions, it's like, you know, shell shock. It's like, oh, my God, this is like when I was in school. And I remember my journalism teacher said, as long as I take journalism in college and I become a journalist, I'll be cool. So, again, 22-minute mark, 23-minute mark. Because all I kept seeing was Trump for an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes, unhinged. I'm like, this ain't very unhinged. Where, where's the Ben Carson stabbing? <laughs> Where, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm getting frustrated. So now my girl hits me and goes, hey, you got you to gotta, you gotta come in the other room. We gotta, you know, I need you to help me with the baby. And they got the dog's bar. So, okay, so now I got I to gotta pause the press conference. I'm at, I'm at the 24-minute mark. And there's, there's nothing chaotic there's nothing controversial nothing so now i'm helping her with the baby and of course cnn very fake news is playing on a loop jake tapper i call him hack tapper who i know who interviewed me many 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 years ago and he is a hack And on a loop, they're just playing his, I guess, I don't know, his, his, I'm going to talk to the camera in this poignant, serious, I mean, I'm like, what, what, oh, and let me, this is what, I don't know if any of you caught it, maybe you didn't catch, maybe you did catch, maybe you know, I don't know, but let me just throw it at you. I feel like everybody at home needs to ask themselves, how would you react if that were your boss coming in and giving a speech to the employees where you work? And like I said, I've only now caught the beginning of the press conference. And the beginning of the press conference was Trump reading from a prepared statement. Of course, every so he will go off script and throw in a big league or beautiful, you know, the stuff that he's done for the last two years. Fantastic. You're going to love it. You're going to truly, truly, truly love it. So I'm thinking if I'm an employee and my boss comes in and starts giving me this 20-minute speech... That's like Trump's. I'm going to go, yeah, okay, great. All right. But, <laughs> all right. When's it going to get done so we can get in the back and smoke that joint before we got to 
get back to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, I know. I know why you're okay. You're going to do this for us. And it's uh, okay. Thank you. Great. Awesome. So I'm not, again, real sure. So I'm, you know, changing the baby's diaper and, and I'm watching Tapper. How would you react that if it was somebody in your family that you were trying to have a conversation with? Again, I've only seen the first 22, 23 minutes, and it's Trump reading off a script, being Trump. And it's not crazy Trump. It's not, you know what my favorite book is? The Bible. It's not that Trump. It's, this is what we've done. This is what we're going to do. This is why you voted for me. The media is dishonest. If you're a Trump supporter, you're like, okay, we get, yeah, I know, that's, yeah. Now, if you're not a Trump supporter, it doesn't matter what he says. He could say he's going to give you a, a million dollars apiece. He could say, he could, he, could, he could do an Oprah Winfrey. Million dollars for everybody. You get a million, you get a million, you get a million, you get a million. We all get millions. Doesn't matter. You'd still be like, okay, I'll take my million but you're still a scumbag. Uh, you're still in cahoots with the Russians. The Russians are around the corner. Blah, 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 blah. So again, I'm still like puzzled. And if my family member, if, if my dad came in and said, son, son, get your brother, get your, get your sister, and started giving me a prepared speech, okay. So again, I, I don't understand all the media headlines. Hell, Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd tweeted while this press conference is going on, this is not a laughing matter. I'm sorry, delegitimizing the press is un-American. Again, Trump's doing a speech. And side note, it's funny listening to the press talk about delegitimizing them. All they've been doing for 16 months is delegitimizing Trump as just a human. Remember, when he said, I'm going to run for president, they delegitimized him as a candidate. Oh, what does he know? He's going to be running against Marco Rubio. He's going to be running against Mike Huckabee, Jeb Bush. He's going to be running against all these politicians, all these legislators. He's just a reality show guy. He's a nothing. He's, he's this. He's that. So right out of the gate, the press was delegitimizing Trump and his chances of even competing in the primaries. And then after he won the primaries, the press did everything in their power to delegitimize him as the Republican candidate against Hillary Clinton. And then when he won, they went out of their way to delegitimize his win. Because every time, Every time you tuned into MSNBC or you turned into CNN or you tuned into ABC, all you seen was a headline, Hillary Clinton's 
popular vote total is climbing. And the press, all of these Harvard and Georgetown and Princeton graduates know that the way our democracy and our republic and our voting system works as far as the presidency is based on the Electoral College. So even talking about a popular vote means nothing. I mean, I mean, it means nothing. The only reason the media was talking about the popular vote delegitimized Trump's win. And here's Chuck Todd. This is not a laughing matter. I'm sorry, delegitimizing the press is un-American. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The balls, okay, on the Chuck Todds and the Jake Tappers and the Chris Matthews, the balls on them. Seriously, the balls on these people. But let's get back to Hack Tapper. So Hack continues, you would think this is very difficult to assess in a positive way. No, Jake, you're part of the liberal propaganda machine. You don't like Trump. (laughs) you, You don't like Republicans. Your wife used to be a director for Planned Parenthood. Chuck Todd's wife runs a consulting firm for Democrats. I, I Come on, man. You are giving us your opinion. Are you news or are you an opinion, Joe? Hack tapper. Is CNN a news network or is it an opinion? Opinion Network. At least Sean Hannity says, I'm an opinion show. At least people like Roush Limbu say, I have an opinion. I have a point of view. I think my opinion, my point of view is correct and right. My goal is is to get you to see my point of view and follow with what I say as far as we should vote for this person, we should vote for that. Cutesy element of the hack tappers and the Chuck Todds are that they do the same thing, but they say they don't. They say they're news, and they're not. And if they just came out and admitted, you know what? We're not news. We're opinion shows. We're trying to push you in a direction that is progressive and liberal. Then I think everybody could actually get along. Because then, going into that, you know, okay, this is a Democrat going to battle me. They're going to try to do a gotcha. And the public would also know, 
okay, if I want news, I'm not going to be able to go to CNN because what they're going to tell me is from the perspective of a Democrat, of a liberal, of a progressive. So when Jake Tapper is saying, you would think this is very difficult to assess in a positive way. Yes, if you're a liberal, the person is not dealing with the world in which we live. He said things that are not true. He is called out, you said, you had the biggest electoral win since Reagan. And he said, that's not true. Because Trump said he had the biggest electoral win since Reagan. And a reporter said, "Uh, but that's not true. And he starts saying, Clinton, Bush, Obama. Answer and that question is very nuanced. I mean, it really is. And sure, if you're going to break down just based on electoral votes, 100% what Trump said is not accurate. But that's not in the context of what Trump is talking about. Text of what Trump is talking about is a Republican winning states that haven't been won since Ronald Reagan. And when the media brings up Bill Clinton, well, Bill Clinton won 370 electoral votes. Wait a minute. He also he also won with 43% of the vote. George H. Bush won with 37% of the vote. And Ross Perot won with 18% of the vote. And when I mean by one, you understand what I mean. Got that percentage of the vote. If there was no Ross Perot, George H.W. Bush beats Bill Clinton. I mean, we did this on my show months ago. And we broke down states that Bill Clinton won. Based on Bush and Perot splitting a vote. And if you take Perot out of the mix, if you take Perot out of the mix, those votes go to Bush. Context of electoral college. Just forget all the nuance to it. Yes, 100%. Trump is wrong. But he's not talking about that win based strictly on 370 electoral votes, 306 electoral votes. He's basing it on, oh, my God, you won Pennsylvania. That hasn't been won by a Republican since Ronald Reagan. Oh, my God. You won Ohio. That hasn't been won since uh, uh, Junior Bush. Oh, my God. You won Michigan. Michigan hasn't won, won, won by 
that whole electoral college conversation is based off of that. And when you listen to liberals, they throw out Bill Clinton's wins as these landslide wins. But when Trump brings up landslide, it's like it wasn't a landslide. You only won 306. It's not a landslide. Bill Clinton was 370. Bill Clinton only won because Ross Perot sucked 20 million votes away. 20 million votes. I mean, Jesus Christ, if you want to get technical, uh, Trump and Hillary got more votes than Bill Clinton did. Bill Clinton got 44 million votes. That's it. So there's, there's nuance to this. When it comes to Trump, you're not allowed to have nuance. When it comes to Trump, it's black or white. He's never, ever given the benefit of the doubt. He's never given the benefit of just, well, that's how he talks. It's, it's, it's slang. And, and we'll get to the, my theory on that in a little bit. I equated it to the Rodney Dangerfield back to school. If any of you have seen it, maybe the movie's too old. But that's how I equate it. Somebody that's rich, somebody that's powerful, that doesn't conform to the way the rich and powerful act. So in turn, he's shunned, down on. What rich and powerful person eats McDonald's? What rich and powerful person says, I love fast food, and and I prefer to eat McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's? Yeah, I'll, I'll eat something fancy at a nice restaurant if there's a meeting, and I have to. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have fried chicken and McDonald's. Back to Hack Tapper. He goes on to say, when the person said it's not true, Trump said, well, somebody gave me that information. Somebody gave me that information? The buck stops there? Is that where we are with this presidency? You own the words. Again, it's hilarious coming from Democrats. And Hack Tapper is a Democrat talking about owning words. I mean, we could go through the list of Obama words, right? Rather, it's things that he said pertaining to the Iran deal, things involving Obamacare. You could keep your doctor. Uh, The premiums aren't going to go up. They're going to go down. Hell, you go all the way back to their hero before Obama. I never had sex with that girl. 
I never had sex with that girl. Well, Bill Clinton didn't seem to own those words. Obama never seemed to own those words. ISIS is a JV team. Own those words. You were wrong, Tapper says. But it's not just about electoral votes. It's about the fact that he's still fixated on whether or not he's legitimately won the presidency. President Trump, if you're watching, you're the president. You legitimately won the presidency. Now get to work and stop whining about it. Now, like I said, I've only gotten up to the 23 and 24 mark of this press conference. So when I see Hack Tapper giving this little speech, now remember, he's supposed to be a newsman. This is opinion piece. This is an opinion piece. This isn't news. This is an opinion piece. Why Jack Tapper and Chuck Todd, who do opinion shows, try to tell everybody that they're not opinion shows, they're straight news. They're, they're Walter Cronkite. They're Tom Brokaw. They're Peter Jennings. They're not. And the minute their opinion shows, a minute they're advocates for a side, they can be attacked. They can be called out. They can be delegitimized. Plain and simple. If these guys are straight newsmen, okay. I'd be the first one to say, hey, man, why are you attacking Bernie Shaw? He's just reading from a teleprompter. But when Hack Tapper is looking at the camera, saying, Mr. President, you legitimately won. Now get to work and stop whining. You're not a news program. You're, you're, you're an opinion show. You're an advocate. And you should be billed as that. You know, I've said that before, and I'll say it again. The newspaper is called a newspaper. It's not an opinion paper. And just the sneaky, sneaky stuff that CNN did, how they went from Ted Turner... Bernie Shaw, 24-hour news, and then they would slide in there, I'm Crossfire, I'm Pat Buchanan from the right, I'm whoever from the left. And you were like, oh, this is an opinion show. Someone from the right, someone from the left. Okay, cool. Boom, back to Bernie Shaw. President Reagan's been shot. Ah! And once everybody got ingrained with News Network. Hey, is that the Darth Vader's voice? What is going on here? Through the wars and things of that nature, this is where you get your news, 24-hour news. 
And then the sneaky, sneaky part was, hey, doctor's offices, hey, airports, all you places, instead of just having a video playing of cleaning your teeth, you should have a video, a television of news. CNN. It's just news. Oh, yeah, okay. Remember what Jeff Zucker said? That little scumbag. Remember what he said in the interview weeks ago? Put out a clever threat to the Trump administration and to Trump. Basically said, you want to keep being adversarial to us? You want to keep fighting us? Okay, that's fine and good. But it's not going to... It's not going to work. I, I should have pulled up the quote. That way I'm not paraphrasing, just in case some liberal douchebags that are listening to this show are like, oh, you're not saying it. But he basically said, we are in the Sudan. We are in Saudi Arabia. We are in Pakistan. We are in all these countries. We're the only news in these countries. And when these people watch CNN... How we talk about the president is how we, how, how these people shape, it, it, it gets shaped to them. Their view gets shaped by CNN. So basically Zucker was saying, listen, if Trump wants to keep being a prick, he could be a prick. We're going to just paint him as a lunatic, as a, a, a freakzoid. And since he has said that, CNN is just nonstop. And I mean nonstop anti-Trump. With their misleading headlines, breaking, breaking news, breaking news. And you're like, what? Huh? And then you got to listen and listen and listen and listen. And then you're like... What, wait a minute, what, what was bad? What happened? And then they go to Van Jones, who's going to cry and talk about, you know, racism or Bakari Sellers. And I mean, just these just lunatic, lunatic leftists, Paul Begala. And, and that's then who they bring on to comment about their breaking news that really is not breaking news. It's nothing. Or Carl Bernstein. Remember, Carl Bernstein's son just got outed for sitting at a at a at a uh, uh, like a fashion show. And he tells one of the models, hey, you know, Melania Trump's a hooker. You know, she's a hooker. Carl Bernstein, who's supposed to be, remember, Watergate reporter. He's a CNN guy. His son's a reporter. I want to be just like my daddy. And here's this reporter telling people, yeah, Melania Trump's a hooker. Oh, my God. Why? What? So, again, I'm changing the diaper. And 
I'm at 24 minutes of the press conference, and it's Trump reading from a teleprompter and all, I, or you know, notes, and all I'm seeing while I'm changing the Dookie diaper is Hack Tapper on a constant loop talking to the camera. All poignant. I'm Jake Tapper, and yes, my wife used to work for Planned Parenthood. So make sure you believe everything that I say because I'm unbiased. As some nights my wife would come home and I would have brain out of her hair. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, that's like somebody saying, I'm not conservative, even though my husband is the vice president of the NRA. <laughs> I'm not conservative. Oh, okay. I can talk to liberals and not be biased. So now I get done with the dookie diapers. I go back to my uh, to my office. Push play. 23-minute mark, 24-minute mark. And then Trump says, all right, I'll take questions. And now you have people shouting questions. And the responses from Trump, whether you like the responses or not, are only based off of what he's being asked. So when you hear someone go, oh, he's still talking about Hillary Clinton. Well, he's being asked. He's being asked about stuff that ultimately intertwines Hillary Clinton. When he's talking about the Russian reset. When he's talking about the Russians getting uranium. That's all pertinent to people talking about, well, what are you, your best friends are Russia. What's going on? Why are you associating with What about your people? Who's talking about Russia? It's like, whoa, time out. Time out. You're acting like Russia is Cuba. And out of the blue. Out of the blue. There's conversations with somebody that... There hasn't been conversations with in 50 years. So he brings up Hillary Clinton. He brings up the Obama administration as it pertains to Russia. He brings up the Russian reset. He brings up Crimea. Brings up uranium. The only thing he didn't bring up is the time Obama on the hot mic told uh, the Russian president there, Dmitriev, hey, listen, after the election, we could do some big things. We, we, it'll, be, it'll be much easier for me to deal with, you know, Putin. So you go tell him. You, you tell him it's going to be all good after the election. The only thing he didn't bring up. Things that were brought up And responses that were given were all based on who the reporter was 
or who the organization was that, you know, that was sending out the reporter. So when the BBC reporter is talking about uh, the Muslim ban, and he's trying to be corrected, and he's telling Trump, I could go back and forth, we could go back and forth with this banta all day. We, again, when did the rule book, of, I guess there is a rule book, and Trump just like threw the rule book out the window. The notion that the media is allowed to say what they want, act however they want, and they're not allowed to get called out. They're not allowed to be told to sit down. They're not allowed to be told to be quiet. Remember, we're still dealing with people that were losers, that were booger eaters that were fart sniffers in school. And becoming a journalist was their only way that they could be cool. They were promised the cool badge. They were promised that if they got a journalism degree and moved to Washington or moved to Hollywood and worked for, rather it's Rolling Stone or CNN, that they would instantly become cool. Everybody would want to be their friend because everybody wants something nice written about them. I mean, imagine, just just hear me out for a second. Imagine you're Katie Turd, okay? This dweeb loser in high school. Dad's a transvestite. All right? You have to have sex. You have to have a relationship with Keith Oberman. Just get your foot in the door at MCC. Imagine, uh, imagine what she was like in high school. Imagine what she was like. So imagine you're, you're, you know, you get your balls busted because your dad's a transvestite. You get your balls busted because you're banging around with Keith Oberman. And everybody knows why you're banging around with Keith Oberman. But at the end of the day, it's all so you can be on Chris Matthews' show. So you could go to the White House. So you can go on Air Force One. And then ultimately turn around to all the people that ridiculed you and all the people that made fun of you and all the people that wouldn't invite you to parties. And you could say, look at me now. I'm on Air Force One. I'm traveling with the president. I'm somebody. I'm something. I'm important. That's these people. Whether it's Katie Turd or Glenn Trust. 
Remember, Glenn Thrust writing to John Podesta. I'm just such a hack. Here, will you approve what I'm writing? Why is he doing that? Because just maybe John Podesta will call him up and go, Hey, Glenn, would you like to come over uh, Hillary's house? We're having a little uh, luncheon and we're invited. Yes, John, I'll be there. Now, look at Glenn Thrust. Does he look like he was the captain of the football team in high school? He looks more like he was the captain of the AB team. He looked like he was somebody that played Dungeons and Dragons. Ate his boogers. Had the hot girl pretend that she liked them. Only to get him all excited and get him in the stairwell because she's going to make out with him. And then as he goes down there, she goes, you loser. As there's like 20 or 30 people standing around pointing and laughing at him. Loser, loser, loser. That's Glenn Thrust. And these are the people that are asking Trump questions. And he's responding to these people exactly how we all know they were and are. I mean, even look at Joe Scarborough, for heaven's sakes. A failed congressman. He's a failed congressman. At the end of the day, you can't tell me that you've worked your ass off to become a congressman because your dream then is to do a morning program. Okay, uh, granted, maybe on the surface, Scarborough makes more money, but if you get into politics, ultimately, the big enchilada is coming to president of the United States? I mean, seriously, if, if your goal in life is to be in politics, rather you work your way up from a state legislature, governor, congressman, etc., ultimately, fantasy you have is one day I'm going to run for president. Maybe one day, if I do a good job in Congress, maybe get my name on some bills, maybe I make some, 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 you know, make some waves here and there. Maybe I'll get picked to be on a, uh, uh, a, a ticket. Look at Paul Ryan. The goal is not, oh, I'm going to become a congressman and then lose be a one-term congressman, go down in flames. Garbo, he's a loser. Seriously, high, a, a high school loser. And Trump is supposed to treat these people with some type of, of decorum or respect. Remember, these are the same people that go and, and, and sit behind their keyboards and write a story. Why, Donald Trump is unfit to be president. Throughout our uh, history, 
person, okay, that is writing an article like that is now supposed to get respect from Trump? Get out of here, you morons. So from that 23 or 24-minute point in that press conference from after Trump read from the teleprompter to the end of the press conference, whatever was brought up was only brought up because reporters king about it. And there was no, let me pull my, my, my belt buckle out and pretend I'm stabbing myself. There was no throwing water around. It was very calm. There was no, you sit down, you shut up. No, you stop, you. I didn't call on you. I didn't call. There was none of that. He told the one guy, sit down. Towards the end of the press conference. And his little back and forth to Jim Acosta, again, what was so bad? I mean, Shepard Smith, uh, he had like a meltdown. Shepard Smith over on Fox had a meltdown. Now, I'm thinking Shepard Smith might have a little thing for uh, uh, Jim Acosta. Seriously. We all know Shepard Smith is a homosexual, saying anything that is not known. I'm not saying anything that's derogatory, but this is the second time that Shepard Smith has done like a seven or eight minute rant on how Trump treated Jim Acosta. It's like, hey, Shep, is it, what, like, seriously, are, are, you, are you in love? Are you hoping that Acosta... We'll walk over and go, Shep, I just wanted to tell you, uh, th- thanks, for, thanks for defending me. You know, and, and, and you know what? And if you want, you can go down on me if you want. I mean, I'm not gay, but, you know, you've been really cool with me. And I'll turn my head and pretend it's my wife, okay? If you, if you really want to go down, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, man, Shepard Smith is just all over Acosta. And to watch people like Shepard Smith get distraught because Trump is having a back and forth with Acosta is wild. Because CNN are the biggest Democrat hacks. Remember Let's refresh. Let's refresh. Everybody that's a panelist, okay, CNN, are are just venomous. And what I mean by that, Bakari Sellers, venomous. Van Jones. I remember Van Jones said the only reason Trump won was, 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 uh, what do you say, black lash or white lash? Whatever it was, it was white people being pissed off and not wanting to vote for 
a woman and a woman who was supported by a black and a black who was the president for eight years. I think it was white lash is what he said. But you got Bakari Sellers. You got Van Jones, who's just over the top. Paul Begala. I had a a Hillary Clinton super PAC. (laughs) Uh, 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 Axelrod there, uh, uh, whatever his name is. David Axelrod. He was uh, he was Obama's guy. He was Obama's campaign. So these four people are on CNN, literally from morning until night, going off on Trump. If you go to the CNN website, at least twice a week, they have some uh, opinion piece that's passed off as news. And it only says that it's an opinion and who they are in the little blurb at the top. But when you're on the website, Van Jones, you know, headline, Donald Trump uh, caters to racists. You're like, oh, wow. It's an opinion. By someone on the extreme left. So you got those four. And then sprinkle in who's supposed to be on the right. Anna Navarro despises Trump. Essie Cup despises Trump. So now you got six people that are employed by CNN that do nothing but bash Trump. Dana Bash, who's dancing with Wolf Blitzer, champagne in their hand, popping, when Hillary Clinton got the nomination. There's, 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 there's video of them. That's not a straight news person. There's Gloria Borger, who's emailing Podesta. Calling him a TV star? So these are all the people that are at CNN. And Chuck Todd has the balls, and I mean balls, to say this is not laughing anymore. I'm sorry, but delegitimizing the press is un-American. What do you talk about delegitimizing? I, I just laid out six, seven, eight people that are associated with CNN that are, that are not the press. They're opinions. They're, they're opinion people. Now, you want to sprinkle in Don Lemon? Don Lemon, the guy who's getting his ear pierced, his nipple pierced, whatever the hell he's getting pierced during New Year's Eve. But, Rob, that's New Year's Eve. That's not on his pro. Exactly. He's supposed to be a newsman. And he's drunk getting his ear pierced or his nose pierced. What are you, stupid? Anderson Cooper. When he's not doing his show, he's running around the country with Andy Cohen. Okay? Andy Cohen. The guy who created 
the the Bravo shows of uh, uh, Beverly Hills, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and he has people like Anderson Cooper on his show, and they're doing shots talking about gay anal sex. And when Jim Acosta asked Trump a question, he's supposed to go, well, Jim, that is a good question from such a straight newsman at such a straight news network. Let me see. Are you effing kidding me? Bit. Stop it. Chuck Todd, stop it. Delegitimizing the press? You have Brian Williams, you stupid mother effer. You got a guy that that's the, the anchor, the anchor of a nightly news broadcast. It's supposed to be straight news. And he lies. He lies about dead bodies floating in the water, uh, the Hurricane Katrina. He lies about... Well, being shot in the hell. He lies. He's a liar. Delegitimize the news. Delegitimize the news. Delegitimize the press. You jerk off. You're, you're part of a network that has Brian Williams as a focal. And staying on Brian Williams since, since you can attack the children. Since liberals, it's cool with attacking Joe. Ivanka Trump. The, Brian Williams' daughter is an animal on, a, on, a, on an HBO program where they talk about licking guys' rectums. Delegitimize the press. Where's the press? Tell me the press on MSNBC. Lawrence O'Donnell, a Hollywood scriptwriter. He's the press. Al Sharpton? Are you kidding me? Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is now the press. Al, do you? Do, are you kidding? Are you? Are you effing kidding me? Donald Trump is going is delegitimizing the press. Here's Chuck Todd. He's at a network that employs Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is the biggest scumbag. You you can't get you say Donald Trump is a scumbag. Al Sharpton is is a scumbag times ten. The only reason he's got a job at MSNBC is he tells MSNBC, listen, I got about a thousand black folk that will do whatever I tell them to do. So you fire me, take my job away for any reason. I'm going to scream racism and I'm going to have my thousand followers picket, protest, scream, yell. And they go, okay, 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 Al. Okay. Al Sharpton. Jesus Christ, just do a Google search on Al Sharpton. And these are all of Chuck Todd's colleagues. Delegitimize the press. It's just, it's balls beyond balls. Just balls. Big, the biggest 
and on the weekends they have marathons of locked up. Okay, yeah, MSN. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, it's, I don't, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I just don't even know. I just don't even know. So all this talk of Trump being unhinged at this press conference, again, look at who is saying this stuff. Look who's saying this stuff. Shepard Smith. President Trump's press conference was crazy. No, Shep, stop. Stop thinking about Jim Acosta's junk, okay? Stop it. Just stop it. Crazy. It's seriously, it, it, it's uh, it's unfathomable. Okay, it's it's unfathomable, unfathomable. The CNN headline: Trump lashes out. Trump's presser was unhinged. I mean, I watched them uh, try to, again, rather it's the Washington Post, uh, New York Times, CNN, rather it's Phil Rucker, or on CNN, Gregory King and uh, Ashley Killow. Trump asks African-American reporter to set up meeting with black lawmakers. Oh, why is it Trump's Trump's acting racist? Well, he asked a a black reporter to set up a meeting with the black caucus. Take listen. If a dwarf, okay. Just, just hear me out here. If a dwarf, and we don't, you don't hear too much conversation about dwarfs. And I love dwarfs. I mean, at a distance, I love dwarfs. I don't like Peter Dingle. I don't like guy dwarfs. I like women dwarfs. And they can't look dwarfy. I want them to look normal, but just small. But if I'm the president, or whatever I'm doing that I would have a press conference. And a dwarf stands up. I know is juiced in with the dwarf community. Now, don't forget, because it's not really getting reported on, at least not on CNN. There's no panels being, uh, you know, conveyed to discuss April Ryan got into a big beef with Amarosa the other day and Amarosa recorded the beef she recorded the conversation because April Ryan talked about 
Amorosa threatening her, saying that she's created a dossier another time with the word dossier. And, you know, all, basically a, a list of people that her and Trump are going to go after. And Amorosa recorded it. And then played it for other journalists and said, this April Ryan is a nut job, okay? She's a kook. Here's the tape. Listen. So Trump knows who April Ryan is. Every, listen, if and you're in the political world, everybody knows who April Ryan is. I mean, her, her radio show or what, what program she has is the urban... I mean, her, her program it basically says, hey, this is a program uh, basically dealing with black issues. Let me get, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me get the exact Urban Action Network or something like that. Hold on. This just shows you when Trump says, Fake news. Okay? American Urban Radio Network. When you hear that, are you thinking Japanese? Are, 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 what are you thinking? If, if, if I came up to you and I was black, and I said, hey, how you doing? I represent the American Urban Radio Network. What are you, what are you thinking? So Trump knows who April Ryan is. Everybody knows who April Ryan is. Everybody knows April Ryan is tight with Elijah Cummings. She's tight with the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. She's the one that goes on Chris Matthews and gives little tidbits about what the Congressional Black Caucus is up to. This is what they're thinking about. This is what they're doing. This is what Maxine Waters has to say. This is what Elijah Cummings has to say. So, let me go back to my example. If I know a dwarf is part of the Dwarf Action Network, okay, and is juiced in to the dwarf community goes on different programs talking about dwarfs, not about Japanese people, not about white people. Their main focus is on black issues or dwarf issues. And that person asks me a question about dwarfs and about the dwarf caucus, how is it racist or dwarfist for me to say, hey, you know what? Set up a meeting with, the, with me and the dwarf uh, caucus. No problem. Of course it's not. So when April Ryan said, do you have a planned meeting with the Congressional Black Caucus? 
Trump said, I'll tell you what. You want to set up the meeting? Are they friends of yours? Do you want to set it up? Now, remember, again, she just had this dust up with Amorosa. And, and the flip on that is part of the new seating arrangements, part of getting uh, called on in the Sean Spicer press conferences, April Ryan has got placement that she never had before. Her name and the whole Urban Action Network has been brought up in the new Sean Spicer, I'm going to call on you, I'm not going to call on you, you're going to be first, you're going to be second, you're going to be third. So Trump and his crew have already been doing stuff for April Ryan. And before April Ryan had her dust up with Amoroso, they were supposedly best friends or very good friends to the point where one of them was going to be part of the other's wedding. So this wasn't Donald Trump like the Washington Post, the New York Times, Vox, are trying to portray that he went, oh, you're a black porter talking about the Congressional Black Caucus? Hey, set it up. Are they friends of yours to black? That's not what he... That's not what he did. That's not what he meant. That's, that wasn't what he was doing. So that's fake media. That's fake news. Or in CNN's case, very fake news. Because for them to put out there that this is some type of racial thing is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Or was it? Chuck Todd. You know, and Trump says to the press, he says to everybody, he says, listen. And and I've said this uh, countless times. I'll say it again. Trump says the transition has been smooth. It's been smooth. It's it's like a a fine-oiled machine. But yet, the media, whether it's CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, they write stories that say chaos, chaos. Now, you can't say chaos because Putzer withdrew his name from consideration for labor secretary. That's happened to to Obama. I mean, it happens to everyone. But when Trump says there's no chaos, but CNN, New York Times, Washington Post says there is. And you say, well, how do you know? What are you told? Sources. What do you mean, sources? And what have I said before? doesn't matter what those sources are. doesn't matter what connection 
those sources have, as long as it's somebody from the White House, as long as it's someone from Department of Homeland Security, as long as it's somebody from the campaign, then that's a source. So when somebody says, well, did you source this? Talk to somebody in the White House. Are you sure? Yeah, duh. I seen a badge. The badge showed their face and their name. White House. Oh. And they told you this information? Yeah. Well, how do you know it's true? Duh. They're from the White House. They have a name. They have a face. They're on a bet. And that's how a story gets written. And like I've said before, as it pertains to Trump or anybody that's part of the Trump administration, if they're asked a question or they say something, the media, Democrats say, prove it. But as far as the Democrats and the media are concerned, they say whatever they want. And they don't got to prove nothing. Al Franken can say, I talk to Republicans that are also concerned about Trump's mental stability. Who are those Republicans? Can't tell you. Well, then how do I know that you're telling me the truth? Because I'm Al Franken. Damn it. And people love me. Oh, Okay. But if Trump goes, listen, I don't own any hotels in Russia. Liar! Uh, There's extensive voter fraud. Liar! Prove it! Okay, well, the person in Texas. There you go. Well, that's not two million. Okay, that's one person. Prove more! Well, you prove that there's not more. That's not how it works. We're Democrats. We're the media. You have to prove to us. And you don't have to prove to... to, uh, It doesn't work the other way? Nope. Oh, okay. We get it. We get it. I mean, look at this... Look at what went down as pertaining to the dossier and the Trump being peepied on and, 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 and Russian hookers. It, they were all able to do what they did. They had no evidence. They just had sources. Didn't matter who the sources were. As long as they said, hey, man, this is my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, Uh, what do you do? I used to work in the intelligence community. Well, can I see your credentials? Yeah, here's my badge. Oh, wow. So what do you got? Well, I still have friends in the intelligence community. Okay. And they said that there's a video out there of Trump playing in pee-pee. Oh, my God. Okay, let me go write this story. Hey, Evan Perez. You got proof on that? Well, I talked to an intelligence official. 
they were part of the Clinton team. Now, we can't, you know, divulge that, but I'm telling you, my editor, they were part of uh, the Bill Clinton administration. Of course, they haven't served for about 15, 20 years, but they still have friends. And their sources told them this video of Trump being covered in pee-pee. Oh, okay. Well, good enough. Write the story. I mean, how many times yesterday and the day before did we hear about Flynn lying to the FBI? I mean, how many times did we hear all of this stuff about Flynn and what he did from Scarborough? Oh, my God, this criminal charges. And now today, or I should say tonight, stories are no charges expected to be filed against Michael Flynn regarding his phone call with the Russian ambassador. Well, wait a minute. I thought he, I thought he, I thought he broke the law. I thought he violated the Logan Act. Again, just like we talked about Monday, this whole story got flushed out. And, of course, Democrats, the media, progressives, everybody on the left and never Trumpers kept pushing Russians, Flynn, phone calls. But we are never really told, A, what the conversation said, but more importantly, what law was broken? Like, what law, what was the crime? Remember, worse than Watergate, this is uh, Iran-Contra. Well, in Watergate and Iran-Contra, we could actually sit here and talk about, rather it's Ali North and Fawn Hall shredding documents, skins, you know, with water. We could actually pinpoint. Well, where's the crime? It's kind of like the whole Russian hacking the election. You, you hear all hacking the election. Hey, hey. Where's the crime? Where's the act? Tell us. Well, this, uh, uh, this, this hacking team, Gustafur. Oh, okay, but what did they do? Well, okay. Uh, and when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, there, there's nothing. There, there's a nothing there. That's why there's no transcripts of the Flynn call. It was uh, an intelligence official. Don't know who it was. Don't know what level it was. Who called a reporter and told that reporter that Flynn was talking to the Russian ambassador. But remember, we already knew about this because when Obama put the sanctions forth, CNN had breaking news that said, uh, reports are that uh, Flynn had conversations with the Russian ambassador. But we are told that those conversations 
were not about the sanctions. They were just wishing each other pleasantries. Oh, okay. So then the story gets rebrought up, and it's, well, Flynn discussed sanctions, or roundabout. So what you're saying is, there, there is no smoking gun. Like I said yesterday, it's, we're going to throw as much crap against the wall. We're going to see if anything will stick. If it doesn't stick, we'll at least sow doubt in people's minds. And if Trump thought Obama being born in Kenya and being an illegitimate president and being a Manjarian candidate, if Trump thought that stain on Obama's presidency was bad, and of course it was his doing, he hasn't seen anything. Because rather he goes one term or two terms, he's always going to have the stain of Russia. Always going to have the stain of Russia on his presidency. Mission accomplished. And remember, remember two days ago when we kept hearing, what did Trump know? When did Trump know it? Why did he wait? Well, if he, if, if uh, Flynn was under investigation. And then it comes out that the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, delayed notifying the White House. Until after Flynn was interviewed. Like I said, man, the the, the media, they throw out the story. And then everybody gets all crazy. And then they basically walk it back. They basically... Walk the story back. And then it goes away. And then they bring it up at a later time when it suits whatever purpose that they're going for. So we're never going to see the smoking gun. And apparently, there wasn't a smoking gun because the FBI is not going to prosecute Michael Flynn. Now, of course, CNN, MSNBC, they'll say, well, Flynn changed the story. But FBI is not going to file any charges. So they have to somehow salvage the narrative they put out there, which was Flynn lied to the FBI, Logan Act, all of these things. And then it's, well, Flynn didn't lie. He just changed the story. No charges are expected. 
they didn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. So, this is the media that, according to Chuck Todd, is being delegitimized by Donald Trump. And it's un-American. It's un-American. It's un-American. MSNBC. Then I laid out all the people at MSNBC for you. The, the, the shoddiest of shoddy people. I mean, let's not forget Andrea Mitchell. Let's, let's not forget how, how much she colluded with the Hillary Clinton campaign. These are the people that Chuck Todd says is being delegitimized. And it's an assault on free press and is un-American. CNN, Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo. Remember Chris Cuomo? Remember Chris Cuomo saying, calling a journalist, calling him fake news is the equivalent calling a black person the N-word. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know if Donald Trump could delegitimize the press any more than the press has delegitimized themselves. I mean, just, just, just think about the concept. Walking up to a 12-year-old girl, 12-year-old boy, African-American. They're playing in the park. Maybe they're playing with their dog. Maybe they're hitting golf balls. I don't know. But they're doing something kid-like. And you walk up to them and go, hey. Hey. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say you're a dirty, filthy, grungy, grimy N-word. Good day. That is the same as saying to Chris Cuomo, you know what? I'm not going to call on you. You know why I'm not going to call on you? You're fake news. That's what you are. You're fake news. Sit down. Sit down. Sit. Sit. You have no credibility. Sit down. You're fake news. Chris Cuomo says that is the same calling that black child the N-word. Now, you're going to tell me that this media needs Trump to delegitimize them? That's an astonishing comparison. Astonishing comparison. Even taking out the examples, you know, going on a, on a verbal tirade to the black child or the verbal tirade to a CNN reporter. Just break it down like this. Hey, you over there, 
you N-word. Hey, reporter, you're fake news. How do you even compare both of those things? How? How do you compare? And then how do you then say to un-American to try to delegitimize us? Un-American? My friend, it's un-American for you to even compare yourself to racial epithets. You're a jerk-off reporter. You're a booger eater. You are the douchiest, douchey, Dungeons and Dragon douchebag in high school. No one liked you. You got lice three times and spread it to everybody in class. You're filthy. You haven't washed your hair in a year. Just because now, 15 years later, you're a reporter doesn't make you not that disgusting, lice-riddled scumbag. How you can compare yourself to a black person who's being hurled with racial epithets It's astonishing. And just that alone delegitimizes your entire network. Delegitimizes the entire network. So, the press conference, I thought was great. I thought it was great. You are a Republican. If you were somebody that wasn't on the left, you loved it. If you're on the left, of course you didn't like it. If you're someone on the left, you could find a thousand ways. Okay? Thousand, you could come up with a thousand, and I mean thousand. Things of hating the press conference. But you can also come up with a thousand things to hate Trump. You can come up with a thousand things to hate Republicans. Listen, you could take Trump and replace it with Ted Cruz. And if you're someone on the left, you're going to hate that person. If you're some jerk-off that listens to Bill Maher, watches Bill Maher, Reads the Huffington Post, wears sweaters in the summertime, thinks being transgender is an actual thing, demands safe spaces, thinks wearing a sombrero as a costume is racist, and wants the Washington Redskins to change their name. Doesn't matter if Trump's president, doesn't matter if Cruz is president, doesn't matter if Huckabee, doesn't matter who's president, you're going to despise them. Doesn't matter. 
Trump despise that much more because Trump won't let you punch him in the face without punching back. All these other Republicans, you could go out and bash them. You could write articles about them. You could do whatever you want, and you will never get resistance. But with Trump, he'll call you out. If you're a reporter uh, that writes horrible things, and you're at a rally, people shouting your name, calling you a scumbag, calling you a piece of human garbage. Other Republicans won't do that. But at the end of the day, it don't matter. That press conference wasn't for people on the left. And that's what I guess I don't get with the left. Obama never governed giving a crap about the half of a country that didn't vote for him. Democrats didn't govern going, hmm, will this policy upset half that didn't vote for us? The media doesn't write articles during the Obama era with, hmm, I wonder what the other half, I I wonder what the other half of the country will think about this article. Will it kind of set them off? Will it alienate people? Because, hey, this president has to be the president all of America. When did you ever hear Democrats and Obama say that? When did you ever hear Obama? When did you ever... If I recall... If I recall, you could count on your hands how many times Obama sat down with Republican leadership in intimate settings. Like, you could count on your hands how many times Obama had John Boehner over for dinner and hang out in the Rose Garden, smoke some cigars, knock some ideas on your hands. Yeah, you could count. I, I mean, maybe not even hands, maybe one hand. Maybe one hand. When did the left, when did the media, when did the Democrats, when did Obama give a crap about the people that didn't vote for them? So why all of a sudden do we on the right have to? Well, this president, he's governing for all the people. Well, he's the president technically for all the people but he doesn't have to give a crap what half those people think because they didn't vote for him. That's how elections work. 
Remember when Obama said elections? There's consequences to elections. One side wins, other side loses. That's just the way it is. So the press conference today, if you were on the right, you loved it. You loved it. If you were on the left, it was like any other press conference that the opposition would do. Except it's Trump, so it's amplified. You know, it's, 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 it's like a sporting event. It's like a boxer who beats you, who won it's over, comes up. And shakes your hand and hugs you. Great fight. Oh, my God. It was the, oh. Or that boxer who beats you and goes, I whoop your ass. You're a bitch. You're a punk. You had no match for me. I am the best. I'm the, basically Muhammad Ali. Trump rubs everybody's face in it. And the people like Scarborough... And there's a lot of them who don't like Trump. And I'll go back to my back-to-school Rodney Dangerfield Caddyshack analogy. Remember Caddyshack? Remember Rodney Dangerfield? Just think, that's Trump. Remember Dangerfield was the, the millionaire? He was the rich guy, but he would sit in the dinner table and fart. He had no manners. As far as all the other rich people who were concerned, he was beneath them. Remember back to school? Where he goes back to school because his son's in school and he's a, 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 a multi-millionaire from uh, a fat and tall shops. But he has no cooth. That's Trump. You have a certain group of people who look at Trump and go, that's not how the president's supposed to act. That's not how a millionaire is supposed to act. He's not acting the way we all act. Now, listen, I very rarely use Lena Dunham, that slob, in an example where I'm trying to prove a point of actually being correct or backing up uh, a point or a side of mine. But a few days ago, when she gave or, or, or did an interview with, uh, God, I think it was uh, Maria Shriver. I, I think that's who it was. I think it was, uh, uh, I, th- I think it was Shriver. Remember uh, Miss Schwarzenegger's wife? I, th- I think it was. Yeah. It was on the day show. And, and she, Blurts out 
penis. I I don't know why. But Maria Shriver, like, loses her, just, uh, she's like, uh, uh, and she's like, like, frozen. Like, And she's like, Matt, can you help me with this? And then she tells uh, uh, Dunham, I guess that's the difference between our generations. I wasn't brought up talking like that. Now, again, I never defend Lena Dunham. And I'm not defending her here. But I'm using this as a microcosm of the McCain's. The Lindsey Grahams, the the Hack Tappers, the Wolf Blitzers. Trump does not act like they want him to act. He's got billions of dollars. He's, you know, all of these things, but he's still a foul mouthed, unmannered, New Yorker. He's got no class. And he needs to treat the presidency with dignity. He needs to treat reporters with dignity. He's not doing what other presidents have done in the past. But it's all about Trump. He's Rodney Dangerfield. As far as the guy that has the money and he's got the power, but he doesn't act the way they want him to. He doesn't use big fancy words. He uses words like big league. And everybody has to decipher, is he saying big league or big lee? What does he mean by that love our country. How does someone love our country? How are we going to vet based on someone who loves our... What's wrong with him? What's wrong with it? He, he doesn't the way they want him to. He's got the, the he's got the wife that's not living in the White House now. I, I mean, have you ever heard more people pissed off that a first lady is not doing what other first ladies have done for the last twenty or thirty or forty years? Oh, they're like outraged. Oh, oh my God, she's staying in New York, and. Okay. I mean, people were outraged that Trump's not doing a basketball bracket. And Donald Trump's not doing a basketball bracket. F your bracket. Shove your bracket up your ass. How's that? And it burns their balls that this guy beat them. Burns their balls. 
that here's a guy from New York. Remember what Ted Cruz said, New York values. Here's a guy from New York. A construction guy. Guy who banged playboy models. Just a guy with weird hair. A guy who had friends that were gangsters. Just a guy that is your typical New Yorker. When you think of a New Yorker, you think of Donald Trump. That's who you, you, that's who you think of. And here's this guy who beat political dynasties. Guy that beat Bush, political dynasty. Clinton, political dynasty. Paul. Huckabee. I mean, he beat people. That from the day they graduated from college with their political science degree or their Harvard Law degree, and their goal was to get into politics, to ultimately be the president of the United States. And they crafted a personality. They did everything that you're supposed to do to eventually have a shot to become president. They volunteered here. They met this person. They did this. They waited their turn. They waited in line. They did just everything. They became a state legislature. They became a governor. They became a congressman. They worked in this committee. They worked in that committee. They perfectly fine-tuned every word they ever spoke. From just every aspect of their life, their personal life. They made sure they stayed in their loveless marriages because you can't have somebody that's once or twice divorced. I mean, you know the cliche. And here they are. 2016. Hillary Clinton. Oh my God, I got a shot. Oh, here it is. And here comes the guy from New York scratching his balls, burping, farting. He's been married two, three times. Accused of grabbing girls by the pussy. Makes faces on debates. I mean, just, you couldn't write a a script. Take Bullworth, take Dave. Take every uh, 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 moon over Parador. Take every movie that ever depicted 
the unlikely person as president, Veep, Selena, might take all of that, put it in one script, and then put it on overdrive. And that's Trump, and that guy won. That guy won. He beat John McCain. Guy's eight years old. His life mission, while he was sitting there in Nam, okay, getting beaten, he's thinking, oh man, I'm going to be a senator. I'm going to. This is the thoughts that go through these people's heads. When Mr. CIA George Bush is going, oh, God, man, my kids did it. Perfectly crafted. And here comes the guy from New York. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I love Big Macs. And I love pussy. And I'm president of the United States kills them and not just the left not just the left it kills the establishment as far as republic mitch mcconnell Paul ryan kills them absolutely kills them for the democrats and if you are Media, which is really the Democrat. I mean, the Democrats are weak. They're powerless. They're they're useless. I mean, they really are. They have no power anymore. They can't get anything done. They have no ideas. So the press, Jake, basically you have Chuck Schumer and Jake Tapper. I mean, basically it's Jake Tapper and Chuck Schumer. Jake Tapper is a de facto Cuomo is a de facto congressman. That's the press. That's how you could put them in a category. So you have the real Democrat senators and congressmen, like the the legit were voted by the, the rubes and dummies in New York and California. And then you have an elected Senators and congressmen, which is Hack Tapper, Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon. So for all of them, they hated the press conference. They despised the press conference. But for all of us, we loved it. And that's all that matters. It's all that matters because we're the ones that are going to keep Trump in office. Four years from now. It's not Hack Tapper. It's not the douchebag liberals who wear sweaters in the summertime. Uh-uh. It's us. It's us. It's us. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. Listen to me. You guys have been awesome. You guys have been great. It's 9.07 p.m. We're calling it a night, my friends. We're calling it a night. 
don't leave. Got to go. Seven. Don't forget. I know we just did the whole press conference tonight, but that's what was the most important. Tomorrow we'll be back talking about immigrant. The fact that today was supposed to be uh, no immigrant day. All the immigrants are supposed to boycott work. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't happen out here in California. They were all over the place. Okay? The little bastards that are in my building that, that clean the hallways and clean the dog run. They, they didn't boycott today. They just did the crappy job that they normally do. They were here. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, no immigrants. to and, and, and I love how the media tries to play this game of immigrants slash illegals. Who, who ever complained? Listen, unless you're a ultra crazy white supremacist Nazi Tila tequila whack job, nobody's ever said we don't want immigrants here. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about illegals. We're talking about people that come to this country illegally. We're talking about people that come to this country. To add no value to this country. To contribute nothing. And, 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 and being on Sherman Way and Reseda selling oranges is not contributing to this country. So the media, the left, the Democrats, they love to blend these two issues. Immigrants, illegals. Put them together. You're against immigrants. No, not. Nation of immigrants. I, I, okay, I'm with you. I'm, I'm okay. I'm with you. I'm all for immigration. I'm all for. You want to country? You want to come to this country legally, and you have something to offer? Come, go through the process. Be here. But if you're gonna be in my building and and clean the halls and do a crappy job. And you're here illegally, you don't speak English, you just shake your head, ah, see, get the F out. Big difference, big difference. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk about uh, Ivanka Trump. Talk about a bunch of stuff. And I'm sure there'll be more, uh, uh, you know, media outrage with Trump and Something. Maybe we'll talk about Shepard Smith and his infatuation with Jim Acosta. I don't know. But anyways, follow us on Twitter. Don't forget. Follow us on Facebook. Don't forget. Follow us on Spreaker. Don't forget. Follow us on iTunes. Don't forget. God damn it. These are all the places to follow us. These are all the places to watch us. Follow the show. I appreciate every single one of you for listening to the show. I appreciate every single one of you watching the show. I appreciate... Every single one of you, big league. See you tomorrow.